You ought to be happy. You ought to be healed. You ought to be blessed about now. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Oh, God is good. Isn't he? All right. Oh. I'm trying to think where to start. There's just so much in my spirit right now. Yesterday we went out and we did a prayer walk um, for life against abortion, but for life. Amen. We met in the park. They did praise and worship. Then we walked down in front of the abortion clinic, Planned Parenthood. And let me tell you, it is an abortion clinic. That's what they do. That's their focus. See, because as we stood out there and we prayed, car after car came and pulled into that, that facility. They have guards there so that you can't disrupt what them people pulling in. And as they pulled into the Planned Parenthood, there's people there on the sidewalk offering them information for another way. And they stood out there and one lady rolled down her window and took the information right before we left to go back to the park. And she took the information and she went inside because she didn't know she's pregnant. And she went in and they gave her a pregnancy test and she got the pregnancy test and they said, you're pregnant. So when can we schedule you for an abortion? There was no, no offering of anything else but an abortion. They're not there to help people to, to make a good decision. They're there to kill babies. Now I'm gonna be a little graphic with you. The one in Riverside, they can kill a baby up to six months in the womb. Now, Delana and I have, my, my son-in-law, Greg, has a sister. She had her baby at six months. It made like one pound, two ounces. This was a few years ago. Now she goes to school. Five and a half months. And they're allowed to take a baby in Riverside at Planned Parenthood at six months. See, in Corona, they don't have the surgical facility. In Corona, what they do is they give them a pill to cause the labor to have the baby, to kill the baby and have it. So they have to, it's a two-day process. You take the bill the one, one day, you go in, you deliver the baby the next day. It's a sick thing that's happening in our country. And that's why, you know, the enemy is fighting against abortion right now. The enemy is trying to make us look like we're haters because we don't agree with the worship of the enemy. And I say that because even as I read in, in Chronicles today, the king, this king, he was evil. He washed, he offered his sons to the fire, his sons to the fire to worship to the God of Moloch. He worshiped the God of Moloch, knowing the King of Jesus, knowing God, Lord God Almighty, he offered his sons to fire. And that's what abortion is. It is worship to the enemy. And see, we don't understand that in the Western culture, but in the Eastern culture, they understand what it is. They get it. And that's why they're so shocked that a Judeo-Christian country, the West would do this such a thing that it'd kill over 60 million babies. Well, here at New Hope, we don't want any to be a part of that. California said they're gonna be a refuge state that people could come from other states and have an abortion. Well, New Hope's gonna be a refuge church that people that don't wanna have an abortion can, can come here and we can come alongside of them and we can support them, we can help them, we can pray for them, amen, that we won't judge them, but we will bless them. Pregnancy isn't a sin. Turn on the lights, please. Thank you. I can't see. Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were in the womb, God knows you. You gotta know that. See, because people say, well, conception is, you know, it's not, in, you know, it's when the baby, baby's born is when it's alive. No. Before conception, 
Before it gets in the womb, God knows you. And then he says, before you were born, I sanctified you. See, and sanctification means to be set apart. Before you were even born, before you were in the womb, God set you apart for his purpose, amen? God has a plan for you, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, God has a plan. And then the last part, he says, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Listen, you are ordained by God for the work of the ministry. You were born and put into a womb to fulfill the plans of God. God said in Jeremiah 20, 11, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's God's plan. And that's why you're here. And this is what God wants us to do. And so today I'm gonna read a declaration of where we're going as a church and what we're gonna be. We are gonna be a refuge house. And, and with the people we were with yesterday at the park, put those pictures back, put that big group picture back up, please. Love life. That was all of us at the park yesterday. We worshiped, prayed, walked down to the park, walked down to Planned Parenthood and prayed and came back and we worshiped some more. With Love Life, we're gonna partner with Love Life. We're not gonna reinvent the wheel and start our own thing. We're gonna partner with Love Life and we're gonna love life, amen? amen. And we're gonna support and we're gonna help. And I'd like to stand, you to stand with me today as I read this declaration of who we are as a church. New Hope Family Worship Center is a house of refuge. This applies to everyone in this church or people you know that need a place of refuge. Here's what we believe. If you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, please know that being pregnant is not a sin and the child you carry is not a punishment. It is a blessing. God is knitting this child in your womb. You may have made a sinful decision that led to this pregnancy, or you may have been sinned against, but we want you to know you are loved and we will do whatever it takes to help you carry and care for this precious child before and after birth. We can never support or encourage a woman to have an abortion because the child you carry inside is made in the image of God and is intrinsically valuable and loved by God. You need to know how we will respond. Here's what we won't do. The church family will not gossip about you, shame you or abandon you. This is a house of refuge. Yeah. Oh, Father, and we will not allow the family of God to harm one another with words or actions contrary to the love of God as revealed in his word. Here's what we will do. We will do everything in our power to remove whatever obstacles stand in the way of you having this child. There are people in this church ready to mentor you, throw you a baby shower, connect with you with resources inside, outside of our church, the local pregnancy center. We will also hold men accountable for living out their calling to provide and protect women and children. Finally, if you have ever had an abortion in your past, we want you to know that abortion is not an unforgivable sin. Whoever confesses and forsakes their sin finds mercy. If you've never gone through a post-abortion Bible study, we will be happy to connect you to one so that you can walk in complete healing and freedom. Yeah, hallelujah. Father, as we declare this over this house, Lord, we take it to heart today that Lord, we will love like you do unconditionally. We will not be judge and jury over a pregnant woman, God. Well, Lord, we will love and care, help, redeem, restore. Father God, we will be there. We make that commitment to you and to men today, God. And we thank you, Father God, 
for Love Life and the ministry they have, Lord, against abortion, the ministry they have to single moms, to loving life. Father, and that you just continue to bless them and give them strength. Father, we thank you for opening our eyes as a church to what's going on out there. And we can see clearly, God. And Father God, that we would be a part of that team that fights against the evil, that loves people to life. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Praise God. It was a... I mean, it's tough when you're standing out in front of the abortion clinic and you see just people after people pulling in there. And them guards standing there making sure you don't interfere, you know, trying to, you can hold out paperwork. If they roll down their window and take it, great. But, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to see. So it was, it was great to be there. Pastor Otto, I think, is going to do it in October. And I invite you to come and prayer walk with us in October with them, with our Spanish church. Um, get involved, amen. Just go and stand. There's one over on an abortion clinic on Magnolia and Kellogg. That little clinic on the center is an abortion clinic. So we went out there as a staff one day and just stood and prayed for an hour. We just cried and we wept and God just touched our hearts. There's another one over on Compton Avenue, Planned Parenthood on Compton Avenue. They put up big signs. You won't have any problem finding it. Just go and pray. Go on Saturdays and go with Love Life out to Riverside at the little park on the corner of Magnolia and Arlington and pray. Amen? That's what I said, Ari. We did save one. That lady came out. She, she got the information when she went in. She went in to, to Planned Parenthood. They did the pregnancy test. They told her, when you're pregnant, when do you want to schedule your abortion? And she's like, I, I don't want an abortion. And she, they, so they escorted her out because she said she didn't want an abortion. They just escorted her out. They're not there to help people. Okay, they're there to kill babies. That's it. She came out. She came to the workers on the sidewalk. They shared with her. She's got an appointment on Monday to go to Corona Life Services to see her baby on a sonogram. And she says she's going to come to this church. So um, praise God. Amen. They were able to pray with her and love on her and encourage her to love life. Amen. Praise Jesus. So we got a memory verse from two weeks ago. I know I didn't do it last week. <laughs> she, she raised her hand. Robert, you got it? All right, I'm going to let Robert this week. Amen. Amen. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Amen. And then we got a memory verse for this week. Take a picture of it. Get out your camera. Just take a picture of it so you know it. You know, or write it in your Bible or something. But in everything, give thanks. Everybody say everything. everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you've been praying for the will of God, if you've been asking for the will of God, just start thanking him in everything. Amen. Thank him. Just begin to praise him and thank him. That's the will of God. And out of that thanksgiving, God will just direct you. He'll stir you. He'll put you right where he wants you to be. But let it flow out of you. Give thanks. Amen. Don't just pray for your food. Oh, Father, bless this food. No, thank him. Father, I thank you for this food. I thank you, Father God, that you provided for us today. Get excited about what God has blessed you with. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So next week we'll get on that one. Next week I'll have a gift card for somebody. Maybe. All right, today I'm going to talk about, my title is Our Foundation of Faith. How many of you know we need a good foundation? Amen. We need a foundation. And in Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27, we're going to read. If you stand for the reading of the word, please. Matthew 24, 27, and it's titled Build on the Rock. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built him his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house, did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that today, Lord, as we go through this passage of scripture, as we go through your word, that Lord, that you would establish us on the rock, the everlasting rock of Jesus Christ, the foundation of the church. And Father, that we not let worldly things creep into our foundation, God, but Lord, that we would pull out, root out, pull down all the worldly evil things that have crept into foundation, that Lord, that have tried to intermingle to our foundation. Lord, we want them gone in the name of Jesus, that Lord, that your word would be our foundation and we would stand upon that rock, Jesus Christ, Lord, and we would not be moved. Lord, that we would be teachable, we'd be repentant, and Father God, we'd allow you to transform us through the healing of your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You know, it starts off with the word, therefore. Therefore is, is there as a response to the scriptures that just came before this passage. He had just said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. He then says, I never knew you, depart from me. Can you imagine that? You've been serving God and then everybody goes in the rapture, all your friends go in the rapture, but you, you're still here? Can you imagine? I mean, or when he, you know, when the second coming comes in, he brings us all up, we're all come before God, we're all judged, and he goes, eh, I don't know you. And you're like, Lord, I prophesied in your name. Lord, I did this, I healed the sick, I fed the poor. And he's like, eh, I don't know you. Man, I would. The cowardly will be cast into the pit. The cowardly. Let me just tell you, things are about to get really real in your life, in all of our lives. I know we like to just float through this life and have fun and work and serve, you know, but things are about to get real. I believe that we're coming to the, to the part where your faith is really gonna be tested. Depart from me, I never knew you. Those are the scariest words I could think of. So out of that comes the verse 24 through 27 that I just read. And there are those who build their lives on that rock of Jesus Christ, amen. That, that build, and then there's those that build on the sand, that is just shaky. And then the fall, when it comes, is gonna be great, amen. That the house on the rock is gonna weather the storm, but the house that falls, it's gonna just be a great fall. Back in verse 13, he says, enter through the narrow gate. Don't think that walking through the wide gate is okay. Don't think that fitting into society is okay. Don't think that looking like everybody else is okay because it's not. You've got to look like Jesus. You don't got to look like me. You've got to look like Jesus, amen. You've got to fit in with him. You don't got to fit in with me. You've got to fit in with him. You've got to do things his way, his way of doing things, his way of being right, amen. Doing things the world's way is not God's way. Now, I read a paper yesterday at that, that prayer walk 73% of all abortions, the people identify as a Christian. 73%. So the church has got an issue. And we got to get the issues out, amen? We need to make sure that we're building that house on the rock, a foundation that's not going to be moved. Okay, her oxygen rate changed dramatically, she said right now, so, amen. But we need to have a good understanding of what, of what the word means so that we don't hear those words, depart from me, I never knew you. You know, and I want us to take the journey over the next maybe two months of a good foundational teaching so that you're on the rock. And listen, you, you just 
When you hear things that offend you because you're doing them and it's not godly, don't get mad, repent. Allow your mind to be changeable. Allow yourself to be teachable. Because I know people, when you tell them, hey, that's, that goes against the word of God, they get mad. Don't get mad, get glad that you got the truth. Amen. Get glad you got the truth and repent that you ever did it and walk away from it. Don't fight to hold on to something that's not godly. Fight to hold on to the word of God. Fight to be changeable, fight to be teachable, fight to come alive in Christ, amen. Fight to be on that stone so that you don't ever hear those words, depart from me, I never knew you. You're in a fight right now. And God wants to bring us to that level that we stand. And number one today, as we take this journey, we must have sound doctrine. You've got to have sound doctrine. Doctrine means something taught or teaching and instruction. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three, it says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. That's what's happening. We need to hear the truth of the word of God, amen? We need to hear the truth of the Bible, amen? That's what's gotta happen. And since we're in church, we'll be talking Bible doctrine, amen? And you might say, oh, that's boring. I'll make it come alive for you, okay? <laughs> we need to understand, I lived in a country, and when I lived there, I met with pastors every Saturday night. And I trained them in doctrine. I trained them how to hear the word of, how to have an ear to hear what the spirit was saying. We had such great times of ministry, those two hours every Saturday, and it was amazing. And you know, this is a country where things needed to be in secret, things need to be undercover. We met in secret and we, I met with these pastors. And I remember I went to an embassy one time and one of the guards at the embassy was a pastor. And now this was a, a big thing where all government officials were coming and Delonda and I were invited at this embassy. And as we went into this embassy and this guard saw me, he started shouting, my pastor, my pastor, my pastor. I'm like, no, <laughs> stop, <laughs> not now, okay? <laughs> because he'd been coming to them Saturday night meetings and getting so blessed and just hearing from the Lord. And he just wanted to just shout it out. I'm like, now's not the time or the place, please. <laughs> but doctrines put it, they put them into a framework of fundamental truths, okay, to determine all it says about a particular subject. And there's, there's some subjects that we're gonna go through. Now the assemblies of God, which we are, they have what is called the 16 fundamental truths. And these are framed out systematically to give us a foundation of knowing Jesus Christ. There's 16 of them. You can go on our website, newhopefwc.com, and they're listed on there. And you can read them and find out what they are. You could go on ag.org and find them. And then you have all the scripture background of them all. I'm not gonna go through all of them. I'm gonna go through four of them. So we're gonna take a look at some of those. And the reason why is so we don't miss the sound of that trumpet. You know, it, it talks in the word, you know, two will lay down together. One will go, one will stay. Two will work in the field together. One will go, one will stay. I mean, how many of you want that? That you lay down together, Robert, and Victoria's gone. When you get up and you can't find her and you're like freaked out, you know, and, and you can't call me because I'm not here. <laughs> Amen. I'm not here. <laughs> Delana says her either. So, you know, that's how it's going to be. And they're going to tell you that, well, the aliens came and abducted, abducted, abducted people. They're already priming that pump right now. I don't want to hear these words. Don't de depart from me. The idea is that we don't take scripture out of context and miss the truth of the word of God. Second Timothy chapter three, 16 to 17, it says all scripture, everybody say all, all. is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. 
It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It starts off with all scripture, the whole thing, the whole Bible, all scripture, amen, is God breathed. God breathed it through men, amen. And we need to study the Bible in detail so that we understand what God is telling us, amen, so that we don't arrive at our own conclusions that are off basis. When you think of studying doctrine, think of it this way. And next slide, please. Think of it as a series of road signs on our discipleship journey, that God is steering you in a direction that he wants you to go, amen. As you get moving, he can steer you in the place that he wants you to be. Think of it as a safeguard against error, that as you study the word, you're saving yourself from error. Now listen, I know that we need to make changes in our lives. I know that, I hear you talk. We need to make changes. And as hard as it may be, if we don't make these changes, he may not know us. Doesn't mean you won't go to heaven, it just means you might have to go through some stuff to get there. How many of you are ready to go through some stuff? I'm not, I don't want to. I wanna go in the rapture, I wanna get this done, get this over with, get up and get there, heaven, amen. I want that trumpet sound, whoop, 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 whoop. come on, Rod, I'm out of here. As I, as I told you last week, I have that app on my phone, it's called Verify, V-E-R-I-F-L-Y, Verify. And I wanna verify, verify my way to heaven. I had to upload all my documents to this app, my passport, I even went and got a COVID shot. I mean, I, I mean a COVID uh, um, test and everything. I uploaded everything I had to this to make sure I got there. And I believe that God wants to download to each one of us today and in the next weeks that we can verify to heaven. Amen. Amen. That there's no question. It's just like, eh, I'm going. And it ain't gonna be no app on your phone. It's gonna be that app called your heart. That your heart's gonna be ready. Your heart's gonna be renewed. You're gonna be transformed, amen. And then the um, doctrine will, the basis for our conduct and behavior, it'll change. It's, you know, we're gonna build a foundation of our conduct and behavior and it'll be the basis for our service to God and to others. See, this is what we want. We, we want to be in that realm of what God has and what we were created for, amen. What he was thinking of before he put you in your mother's womb, that's what we wanna be on track with, amen. And this is what he's thinking of for us. So doctrine is a safeguard against error, is our basis for our full development of Christian character. We wanna have Christian character, amen. You know, the stronger the belief, the more trustworthy and upright our character will be. We as the people of God just need to take time to learn and to understand so that we can apply it to our lives and be ready for when that trumpet sounds as he calls his people home to heaven, amen? That we do go, that we're not the one left. Now, when you go to India, anybody ever been to India? All right, one. You go to India and you have Hinduism. They have like 320,000 gods, okay? So when you go to India, getting them and you do a crusade, getting them to accept Jesus is the easy part. Getting them to throw out all their idols is another issue. Because when we come to Jesus, we can't worship any other gods. So it's, you know, they'll, they'll come home, they'll put Jesus up on the shelf, but now we want them to clean off the shelf with everything else and serve God alone, amen? To serve God only, to serve Jesus Christ only. That's what the, the objective is. And so it's easy to, to get them to receive, but it, it, the, the challenge is getting them to throw out. Glonda and I were in um, Cusco, Peru. They call it the witchcraft capital of the world, witchcraft capital of the world. And when we went there, my spirit, man, was so agitated from all the witchcraft. I was, I was fuming. Man, and I got up there and I preached and I told them you go home and you throw out every saint you have that you pray to. 
you throw out, you know, today we're going to start praying the way that Mary prays instead of praying to Mary. We're going to pray the way that Mary was taught to pray. We're not going to pray to Mary. Ah, man, we cast out so many demons up there. It was crazy. But, you know, like I said, it's getting rid of the old and putting on the new. And so number two today is casting down alternative beliefs. When you came to Jesus and made him your Lord and Savior, it's important to get re-indoctrinated to the word of God. Amen? The Bible says to renew your mind. Renew your mind. Repentance says to change your mind. Now, when we grow in doctrines of the word of God and let go of the things we may have learned in our younger days, we don't want anything, everybody say anything, to hinder us from what God has for us. Amen? Our goal is to align ourselves with God through his word and his way of doing things. Matthew 6, in the Amplified Version, it says, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God and all these things will be given unto you. To you also, amen. So the idea is that we don't mix the kingdom of God with worldly thinking. Amen. We do things God's way. That's where he's taken us. So in order to do this, you have to know, number three, that God's word is inerrant. It's without error. God's word does not have error. Okay, you got to get that into your heart. I believe the whole word of God. I don't care what it says, I believe it and I know it's true. I don't question it. You say, well, you should. I study it, I prove it. I don't try and prove it wrong, I prove it's true. I prove it's right, I accept it, I believe it, I receive it into my heart. I let his word change me, mold me, shape me, call me, direct me, amen. I'm not back here going, well, that's not right. Or, you know, there's something wrong with this. No, man, I'm like, God, reveal your word to me, speak to me. 2 Peter chapter 1, 21, it says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that for the Bible. And you say, you could come to me and say, well, what about this? And all I'm going to tell you is dig deeper. Dig deeper. Keep digging in the Word of God. You if you took a hermeneutics class with me, you know how to dig in the Word of God. You know what it means to study the Word of God. And there's a lot to it to really get in. So as you study doctrine, you have to be able to allow your mind to change you. To change. You got to be able to let go of false teaching. You, you have to be able to let go. Somebody came and told me, well, God told me to stay out of church for a few years. Now, he wanted to teach me. I said, eh, that's a lie. I can't help it sometimes, you guys. But I said, that's a lie. And she goes, why would you say that? I says, because God says, don't allow, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints. So what you heard was not God. What it was, was an interrupted in your life that maybe God's, was, you were getting something out of his word, but you're getting something for other places too. And this person said, well, I don't tithe to the church. I tithe to other places. I said, wrong. So why is that wrong? I said, because God says, bring your tithe to the storehouse. Bring the tithe where you go to church, where you get fed. Support the ministry that you're involved in, not somebody else's ministry. You bring your tithes to the church. Well, I'll have to read that. Where does it say that in the Bible? Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. You got to allow your mind to change. If you don't, you're unteachable and you're going to be living in error. Be teachable. Embrace the change. Look at your neighbor and say, embrace the change. It's very refreshing to be on track with God. Let me tell you. But it's also great to let go of things that are not of God. Amen. These are things that the enemy is using to try and deceive people. They, they may seem harmless, but they may be offending God. I'm going to give you an example today. And I may step on your toes, but I really don't care. Because I'm going to give you truth. It's truth. This book, Revolution in World Missions, written by K.P. Johanahan. Johanahan, something like that. And uh, 
Great book. I read almost the whole thing the other day just in one sitting. I, I read so fast because I was looking for something. This is what he read. He says, while sitting, he, he came to America um, to raise money for pastors in India to help support them. Let's see, I got glasses. I'm going to put them on, make it easy. While sitting in, I flipped on the big TV set that dominated the room. What burst on the screen shocked me more than anything I'd ever seen in America. Remember that, more than anything he had seen in America. There was a beautiful, there in beautiful color was an attractive woman seated in the lotus position teaching yoga. I watched in horror and amazement as she praised the health benefits of the breathing techniques and other exercises of this Eastern religious practice. What her viewers did not know is that yoga is designed for one purpose only, one purpose only, to open up the mind and the body to receive visitations from demon spirits. That's it. That's all yoga's for. Now, just think about America. Think about the churches and stuff that are offering yoga and everything, the offering the release of demonic spirits into the people, into the house of God. We will never do yoga in our church. I've always stood against that. It will never happen here. We even had a lady that had something that was like yoga and they called it something else. And I said, no, just, we can't do it. Now listen, he goes on, he says, because this American yogi was dressed in chick dance skin bodysuit, claimed a PhD degree and was on educational TV. I assume many of the viewers were deceived into believing that this was just another harmless exercise show. But those of us born and raised in nations dominated by the power of darkness know that hundreds of Eastern religions are marketing themselves in the United States and Canada under innocuous, even scientific sounding brand names. Few Westerners, when they see news reports of the poverty, suffering and violence in Asia, take time to stop and ask why the East is bound into an endless cycle of suffering, why Western nations are so blessed. Secular humanists are quick to reel out many historic pseudo-scientific reasons for the disparity because they are unwilling to face the truth. But the real reason is simple. The Judeo-Christian heritage of Europe has brought the favor of God while false religion have brought the curse of Babylon on all the nations of Asia. We don't want it here. We don't want it here, amen? Now, you, you, may, say, you may still be going, yeah, but Ron, you know. No, I'm just telling you the truth. You can change your mind or you can just go with what you want. That's just one example. And it's come to America. And as he said, they're trying to infiltrate America to bring that Eastern culture that's destroyed those, those places in Asia, that's made them poverty stricken, sick, disease, so that um, it brings it here. As I said, churches have yoga classes and stuff and it's just worshiping demons. And you, and you know, you can say, well, I'm not willingly worship demons. It's still demonic worship. I'm telling you right now. And there's other things that are still demonic worship. You know, don't ever ask me what my sign is. Who cares? That is satanic worship. Don't look, read in horoscopes. Don't go to palm readers. I mean, I read in Chronicles today how that king, how the king went and he went to the, to the, you know, he did the, uh, all those things, the palm readers, the, you know, the mediums and stuff. He did all that and it just brought that country, the king did, it brought that country into the, the toilet. Don't do that stuff. Now the Bible's not gonna tell you not to do yoga, but it does tell you specifically not to worship other gods and that's what yoga is. And there's other things that that's what it is, it's demonic. And you need to do your homework before you get involved in something that's demonic. You know, and it may sound good. Listen, I'm not into to, to stones and crystals and all that stuff. I'll tell you, throw it out, get it off, get it away. It's all new age. And they'll tell you, oh, it's got healing powers and stuff. Now, my healing comes from the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. And that alone, 
And that's where you got to make a stand, that you go with the word of God. Nowhere in the word do I hear, get a stone and rub it on your head. No! You know, you're from Africa, you know. Through the study of word, we become more aware. We become more aware what is up with things that are going on and we'll begin to discern and have a greater understanding of God, amen? So that when that trumpet sounds, you're where? You're up there, you're not here. Can you see how the enemy's just creeping into Western culture that once held Judeo-Christian values is valuable? When President Obama stood up and said that we're no longer a Christian nation, I wanted to throw up. I was so angry. I was mad at that. But was he right? Are we moving away from that as a nation? Have we gone too far away from God by murdering over 60 million babies? How many people are gonna miss the trumpet because they've let the world creep into their doctrine? The, the key to all this is that we have to be willing to change. Do you want to do the journey towards being whole with Jesus? Do you want to do that journey? Do you want to be on that collision course with heaven? The journey begins with us, digging into the word of God. We have to dig, amen, into the word. We've gotta know, we've gotta be teachable. We gotta allow our spirit man to be teachable. We gotta be repentant. And when I, the reason why I put being repentant up there is because when you realize you're doing things that are contrary to the word of God, you gotta repent and stop doing it. You can't say, well, he doesn't mean that. You need, if you're getting that feeling about it, you need to get rid of it. Amen, you even got an inkling, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. To stop, to stop and then repent. Don't just stop. It's just like I said, people that have sex before marriage. And they think that marriage takes care of the sin. It doesn't. There's only one thing that takes care of sin, repentance. When you repent, that's it. So you're not forgiven just because you got married. The only thing that takes care of sin is repentance, amen? And, and then, so be repentant and then be transformed. You know, let's allow our lives to be transformed. And I, I'd like today, I'd like everybody to just get up, please, and come to the altar right now. Everybody, just come to the altar. I believe that God wants to arise in us today that his enemies be scattered. So please, everybody just come. We're gonna say a prayer today. Just join hands with the person next to you. Come on, Delana, come up here and join hands with me. Just join hands with people around you today. Let's just make this commitment. Come on, please, everybody come. Come on, Bobby. Come on, I'm gonna call you out by name. Hey y'all, come on. Come on, Maggie, let's go. Everybody coming. The sound in the internet's got itself. Let's all come. There you go. A little music will help us. Now, as we pray this, I want you to pray it from the bottom of your heart. I want you to make this commitment today to the Lord. Because it's, it's a, with the journey we're about to go on, God really wants to change our minds, our thinking, and he wants us, he wants to say, you've done a great job, enter into your rest. That's the words we wanna hear. So let's just read this together. Ready, begin. Dear Heavenly Father, here we stand in your temple, having a strong desire to build our walk with you on a rock. Jesus, you are our rock. We don't want sand, we want the rock. Holy Spirit, help us to be teachable, repentant, and transformed as we dig into your word in the days ahead. Help us to not limit what you have for us. You are the great I am, our mighty God, 
and we commit today to growing in you and thriving in the body of Christ. Give us your strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Father, as we, we go our way today, I pray a covering over every person today, God, that this which we have said and declared today, God, would be so alive inside of each one of us. God, that we'd not be afraid of change, but Lord, we'd be transformed. We'd be renewed in you, God. And Lord, that your love would abound in our hearts and our minds. And that Lord, that when that trumpet sounds, we'd be already be verified that we're going. Let it be verified in heaven today, God, that as we stand here today before you, we're committing to you to grow, to thrive in Christ. So Lord, I praise you and I thank you for these people of God that have stood together today in agreement for this to happen. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Yeah, you can go back to your seats for a minute. We got one more thing we're going to do today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You stand right there. Praise Jesus. How many of you know we have a school of ministry here? Amen. We meet on Tuesday nights. We meet at 5 and 7 o'clock. And we study the Word of God. And it's great. And we, I have a number of people here who just finished a course. And um, I want to recognize them today. Their accomplishment. Because their, their class, this one was Introduction to Pentecostal Doctrine. I don't have the grades on the other classes yet. But um, I want to recognize these people today, what they've done, that they passed the class. Savannah Sue Jean, come on. Yeah. This was her first Bible school class, and she did a great job. But just line up across here. Yeah, Elena Mercury, she's not here today. Mindy Joe. <laughs> Haley yes hallelujah I don't have your certificate today but I'll give it to you next week okay I had a mix up on paperwork Mark Douglas Cramier come on buddy <laughs> you guys all put your middle name in there for me you know Herman Junger, he's out with the Spanish church. Yu Kai Wong is our Chinese pastor. Mario Martinez, come on, buddy. Praise God. Now, Vicki Allen, you know, she just moved to Wisconsin and we pipe her in online. So if you can't make it down here on Tuesdays, but you want to take them, we'll pipe you in online and you can take it at home if you need to. Now it's better in person, trust me. And then Andrea Morales is out there with your children right now. Um, but Edward Ron, he makes him great. He's got a great middle name. Morales is here today. Come on, Ed. And then Magdalena Martinez. <laughs> yeah. I want you to know that everybody passed this course. The course is Pe introduction, introduction to Pentecostal Doctrine. Annabella Porta. And so we got five people not here today. So um, that's how many students passed my class. Listen, there's a sign-up sheet right out there. It's $110 to take a course. If on your first time, you got to put a $25 registration fee. Now we don't keep this money. This is what we pay to the assembly, to the assemblies of God for the classes and the books. And then we do eight weeks of courses. 
So the next class starts on September 13th. And hey, Jeanette, go run and grab them papers. I forget what I'm teaching. <laughs> but mine's gonna be um, about the church, Acts 2 journey that we're gonna take on the church, understanding church and hurry up, Jeanette, put us a little pep in the step. <laughs> All right, so mine is um, a spirit-empowered church, an Acts 2 ministry model, a biblical comprehensive and strategic plan requires the empowerment of the spirit to produce spiritual fruit and a flourishing church. The strategic plan is based on Acts 2, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and focuses on developing spirit-empowered disciples who will be involved in the five functions found there, connect, grow, serve, go, and worship. You can sign up today and we need payment uh, before the, um, by uh, September 4th, I think it is, cause I got to order the books. Now, Jeanette is gonna be teaching uh, an introduction to theology. What have I been talking about? Our Pente Pentecostal perspective. And it's a, a historic, a study of historic Christian doctrines as expressed through Protestant and evangelical traditions. The course provides a complete study of the statement of fundamental truths that I mentioned today of the general council of the assemblies of God. So you can sign up for that class. Each one's $110. If you need to make payments, Jeanette's gonna be back at the table back here. Now listen, if you don't put nothing down, if you don't put any money, I won't order you a book because I've been stuck. People say, oh, I'm gonna pay you on Sunday. And I order them a book and they, then they say, yeah, I'm not gonna come and I've already paid for everything. So no money, no book, okay? I gotta, I gotta be hardline like that. So <laughs> September 4th, next week or whatever, you know, make sure you get the money in, but listen, sign up, great classes. Every Tuesday we're doing this and it's so exciting. So let's give these people a big hand again, huh? Yeah, amen, amen. Praise God. Now, most of them will get another certificate for the second class that, that Jeanette taught. So um, sign up today. Father, we bless you. We bless you today, God. And we thank you for your blessing us. Lord, that your hand is upon us today. Lord, and let the commitment that we've made to you today just stay registered in us. Father God, even the commitment we made as a house of refuge for the unborn baby. Father, we love you and we thank you for life. So Lord, I pray that you cover, keep, protect, and bless every person here today as they go their way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now you don't gotta go. You know, because there's dessert and stuff out there. Grab something, have a cup of coffee, visit with some people. Tell everybody you said hello as you go and God bless you. <laughs>